Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Priority Roll. My name is Dan and today I'm joined by the one and only Steve Curtis, tournament organiser of Bloodshed in the Shires. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Good to have you on. What we wanted to do is bring you on to talk about your approach to the event, what the event is overall, uh, and also your thinking behind some of the decisions you made in designing the pack. Perfect. Sounds good. Let's go. So, first of all, for the for the people who are listening out there, thinking, who is this? Who is this delightful Steve Curtis, <laughs> and why is he here? Do you want to give yourself a quick intro about about yourself in general? Yeah, cool. So, uh, I'm Steve. I've been in the sort of Age of Sigma scene competitively now, probably for about two years. Um, spent my first year sort of just trying out events. Um, playing more casual casual gaming um over the last year and a half i've been rather seriously taking sort of death to two events um i've played maybe 15 to 20 tournaments this year um 2019 played sort of 20 the year before um qualified for uk masters set up bucks war game collective um and run bloodshed in the show it's been a it's been an all-out year for hobby for for me you've but, been a busy no, bee haven't you I have, yeah, yeah, but um, most well known for playing death on on the tournament scene, I guess, will be my my little caveat. Well, you've done something which I think is quite admirable, and something which I don't think I'd really be able to do, which is really stick to one, not necessarily faction, but certainly grand alliance. I've tried my very best. I've been um, some players out there that you know know me a little bit better uh, would know. I've I've doubled. I've played Doors of Cain at a one day at once. Um, and Steve, this was your opportunity to be like, yeah, I'm I'm death, bro. Down, 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 down to the core. But no, but every every two day, every major two day, um, I've run some variation of death. So I've played, you know, old old flesh eaters. Um, it's where we first ever met. Actually, it was yeah, one of, the, that, yeah. one of the was it not the GT final for Age of Sigma. Uh, GT final, yeah. And we played t- that was game two, two years two? ago. Game two, yeah. So and, then we, and then we played game four as well. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we got yeah. redrawn together and we had such an absolute blast. And by that point, I was already out of the running. So it wasn't like I kind of needed a, another player to kind of, well, whatever. And uh, I think we had an absolute blast in our first game. So we just thought, all right, sod it. Let's do it again. <laughs> Yeah, Let's have yes. a rematch, and I tried exactly. to I tried to rematch you, and I failed miserably. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was uh, that was good. That was off. That was my first. That was my first proper event. I think I I only just scraped through. Um, my first competitive Sigmar event was that Heat Three. Okay. Um, and I managed to just scrape in because it was top forty, and I finished forty third, and there were some dropouts, and I think I just managed to get into the finals on my second ever event. I was like, oh, I'm well out of my depth here. Um, but yeah, yeah, we played, and that was. That was, that was great fun. Played twice even, so. And, um, and then we played again at Facehound, didn't we? Exactly, yeah. Facehound game one. You were actually, with the with the exception of uh, a practice game against Tom Maudsley on the Friday and a random practice, couple of practice games against my friend Chris, you know, in, in my house, mm-hmm. you were the first person that that Pterodon list was um, was brought to bear against. Oh, took on Pterodon. You took on Pterodon, yeah. I've got to stop up. talking about the damn Pterodon list because... <laughs> For the last three episodes, it's come up, and I, I, I want to be more than just a one-trick pony. Oh, you are. I know you are. You played <laughs> before that. <laughs> I was running Squigs before it was cool, so you know yeah. maybe I'll go back to Gloom Spite. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, so yeah, Face Armor was is another great game. You know, have, you're an absolute gent on the table. Um, thoroughly enjoyed every every game we've played. So, um, well, what I 
and I would echo that straight back at you, Steve. You know, and I think I can see that in I can see your gaming style in how you run your events as well. You're very leveled mm-hmm. and fair, um, and you know, quite chilled out and calm on the table. And even seeing you at the event, you know, it's, it's always nice to wind up your mates when they're tos. Be like, oh, yeah. are you, you're, are you <laughs> panicking and stuff, and you're kind of like, no, everything's sorted. Ooh, I'm Steve, <laughs> and I'm level. My heartbeat is not raised at all today. Um, so yeah, I kind of I can kind of see that in your kind of very methodical and calm approach to the event, which is I think uh, which is why it was such a success. I appreciate it. Thanks. Well, let's talk about Bloodshed in the Shires. First of all, what is it? Cool. So uh, Bloodshed in the Shires is uh, it's an Age of Sigmar competitive event. Um, it's an eighty-four player event. So it's not the biggest out there, but it's not the smallest by a stretch. Um, it's run at Wickham Abbey in High Wickham, and we run it uh, for the first ever time in this year, so it's October 2019. And then what was your goal for the event? Uh, so myself, uh, so it's not just myself that runs it, uh, it's me and Dan George. So we are both um, founding members of the Bucks Wargame Collective, uh, something we set up um, coming out, it's just, just over a year ago, actually. So the club is relatively new um and in honesty we just wanted to me personally i've been to a a lot of events um and we just wanted to really run something that we would want to attend so we sort of sat down and thought you know what what's our calendar looking like for 2020 what kind of things do we want to do what what events do we want to run or or go to even um and then we're just talking about them you know like you do it's like oh you going to this event oh yeah yeah, it's really good are you going to this event it is but you know, this bit wasn't quite there for me, or uh, I think I'll give that one a miss. So for us, we wanted to say, you know, what what event would we as players really want to go to? And that was our goal, to make effectively the best tournament for us, which hopefully other like-minded people would, would enjoy as well. That makes sense. So what, what kinds of things, because there's lots of different tournaments out there, some are kind of play up to the sort of more kind of like lads holiday type aspect of it and mm-hmm. some are kind of very very um you know competitively focused and then there's everything in between so what kind of event did you want to to run so the, I mean, first and foremost we wanted a competitive event there's, there's no way around that you know it's that's the level of gaming that both myself and Dan enjoy and aspire to um UK master myself so you know I really appreciate the players that want to get those ranking points and want to play at that level. So I wanted an event that firstly can cater to that, uh, which we'll talk through in some of the features uh, in a bit um, in terms of like pack coherency and putting that together. But first and foremost, you know, we wanted something that can really play out to all players. So we wanted something that at the top end of the tables really matters to those people and at the bottom end of the tables really matters to those people. In reality, trying to do that at an event is is super challenging. But, you know, I think we've we've hit some sort of some sort of middle ground with what we wanted to do. You know, things like our allegiance abilities and things were just a nice little spin and something quite unique that we, you know, I haven't really seen at many events. I've seen, you know, you've got those... Your, said, your allegiance awards, your prizes. Awards, rather. sorry. Yeah, sorry, you yeah, said yeah. ability. So do you want to expand on that? What were your allegiance prizes? Yeah, yeah so we had, um, you know, the key thing for us, if I, just, if I run through basically what the overall pack was, so we'll come around to battle plans and, and spells and malign sorcery and stuff like that. But ultimately, you know, it's, there's no soft scores uh, at our event. I wanted to make it very clear that there is a separate award for sports or, you know, favourite opponent, whatever you want to 
cater that as. Uh, and only the best looking uh, players win that one, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> um, and you know, this is it goes back to what we were saying earlier. The 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 reason I enjoy our games, uh, you know, we've played at events three times now, um, is the way you carry yourself on the table and it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best sport. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, who, you know, runs around taking selfies or does like, wears crazy <laughs> costumes, you know. Who's the guy that you've had a fair game with, a challenging game with, you know, that's really, you know, is a nice guy on the table but plays fairly. And, you know, for me, that that has to be awarded. You know, I, I wouldn't run an event without that. I don't think it should be part of, part of your final scores. That's why I wanted to keep it separate. And it means it's genuine. You know, it's not if someone's a knob but they're trying to fake their way through some points then they're just going to be a, a fake nice guy um the person that wins that event at bloodshed and shards is a genuine nice guy and that's that's the, that's what i wanted to award so you know obviously spoilers uh that makes you won that in this year so <laughs> so well done it's, to you but do you, know, do you know what it's interesting um we discussed this luke and i discussed this on on the first episode about the difference between kind of favorite it, we kind of started talking about armies but i guess it's mm-hmm. it's it's true in terms of a favourite opponent and in terms of favourite game and most sporting. And we said exactly that. It isn't necessarily someone that gives out free rerolls and, um, you know, comes up to you on Sunday in a be like, oh, I just want to say what a brilliant person you are and how much I love your yeah. style of clothes. And like, oh, what? Is that a new T-shirt? Um, yeah. So and, and the same can be said for Army. And it's interesting because just looking at your pack, there's a tiny little bit of discrepancy in it. It says, favourite Army vote, please... Uh, vote for everyone to vote for their favorite army they they will determine who get the prize for best army and then the awards and prizes it's listed as best painted it so you've is, actually yeah, got three so. names for it there you've got favorite army best army and then best painted so out of those three and i know you said you kept the scores separate from the kind of uh placing scores but out of those threes what kind of army award was it? Was it best painted? Was it favourite army? Was yeah, it no, that's, that's a very valid point. So I think when I put that pack together, because I've, I've noticed that as well, um, I the actual award is, is, is favourite army. Um, as everyone knows, voting for best painted in, in quotations is so, you know, it's individual to every single person, isn't it? And um, for me, I wanted, it's, it's, best, it's best army. So, Voting for what gets to be the best army is, is is difficult. So I had a small pool of people that I selected to help me vote on their top 10 um, on the day. So it was, uh, I think we had one, two, three, four, so the four TOs. Uh, I had Matt Leons from uh, Pro Painted who helped out with that as well. Um, a couple of other select people that came down on the day and we effectively, everyone selected their top 10 favourite armies. Uh, for whatever reason, that is their favourite army. So it might be that, you know, it's coherent, it looks really nice, the paint job is good, there's a load of crazy conversions, the display board looks awesome. You know, there's all these favorite, all these things that can be the favourite army, and then it is player-voted at the end as well. So, so, so you, as the TOs and your kind of syndicate, you shortlisted a bunch of armies and then put that shortlist to the players to, for them to vote for their favorite exactly that yeah so we had um so when i've sort of done the announcement i know the pack's not super clear it's one of the things i've um, it's no certainly it's not a criticism of pack it's purely sort of using it as a, as a vehicle to just discuss the point really yeah yeah that's what and that's valid um but yeah i think it's actually that's what i wanted to do is you know i want it i do want it to be player voted um I don't want to be this sort of tyrannical ruler that will dictate who is the best painted because Steve says so. Um, but I want it to be, you know, the players vote for it. I want it to be inclusive. I want people to strive to get that 
position. Um, the the caliber of armies there was incredible as well. You know, those the guys that got the top ten awards were fully deserving of that. Who was the one in the end? Was it um, the Bretonian Stormcast? It was, yes, yeah, so Sam from Sam, ah, yes. um, yeah, from Tonsgate Tyrant. So, yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, I played against him as well. Actually, I played against him at London GT, and his the army's just amazing. I felt really bad taking it off, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind me saying. But yeah, that was um, going back to the point. I think yeah, those those prizes are really important um, to the hobby. I want it to be a, a tournament that is about the hobby not just the gaming so gaming super important um you know favorite opponent and favorite army is also something that i really want to have in that pack always fair enough and then on the competitive side on the kind of points side mm-hmm. how did you go about bringing it to make sure it was the, the right shade of competitive um so i mean it's always a difficult thing when you're sort of putting on an event you never really especially when it's your first one we were terrified i'll be honest with you like we really didn't know how would this would go we've you know we've we've run a couple of little events before um but this is our first major um a lot i like to think that you know because of the 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 way the pack was put together because of the people i've met across across the year that um you know people put a little bit of faith in that um but yeah i mean firstly the players that turn up are the the real point of where how competitive that's going to be um i think out of the 84 players there were six or seven uk masters you know there's a a whole bunch of top 40 players there um, and loads and loads of really strong players that are just at club level, you know? So it was a, it was a super tough field and I just tried to make the pack as clean and as straightforward as it can be. So there's no sort of quirky secondary things that are just like completely new to people. There's no uh, weird soft scores that are going to sort of interject with everything. I just wanted to keep the gaming side of it just nice and clean. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's it's interesting because some tournaments give, tournament points for things like voting for your favorite opponent and mm-hmm. if you vote for your the favorite army vote but that's to and then you can see why they do that it's to encourage people to do those things and not you know leave straight away on saturday night if the judging is on saturday night that kind of thing um, yeah so i'm not saying it's right or wrong but it's interesting that you thought you know what that's not something i want to do i want to make sure that all the tournament points that can be awarded are purely for tournament gaming because that's the tournament that i want to run not necessarily that the tournaments that do otherwise are wrong it's just i want to run a tournament that is done in this certain way yeah and it's i think that's the thing that's sort of back and forth with us a million times which is you know do we want to do this do we do we want to do this what's the impact of doing this and i think a lot of it was what is the impact um one of the things I'll talk about just in a minute is the sort of allegiance awards, which was is my favorite thing of the event um, by far. Um, and it's always something I've, I've really, really enjoyed from all of my tournament gaming. Um, and it seems to be something you don't really see anymore, but this is part of this was to do with admin and stuff as well. So, because there was so much admin around certain elements of the pack, especially for me, it was on the laptop all weekend basically. There was other elements of it that i wanted to keep as clean as possible so you know you could do all of these different things and you know all events are different and i think they're all great but for me uh, i didn't really have any problems with it and there were no no downsides to not awarding points for things like that so actually i, I think i'll just keep it all like that going forwards um but yeah going to the allegiance award so this you know there were prizes for first second third as you always do 
um, favorite army, favorite player. That's fine. Um, but then you had the four allegiances. Now, ever, ever since I started in events, um, I think it was back in the heats. Um, back when I didn't really compete on top top levels, I always wanted to go for the allegiance. So best in death was was my thing. It's why I kept playing with death. Is I just I just wanted to get that award. If I know that I can't finish, you know, top three or top ten, then at least I've got something I can still play for. So the aim with the aim with these was to give each of the players something that they can really strive for. And the idea is not all of the podium winners walk away with all the gold. So it wasn't designed in a way that podium players can't win it, but it was designed in a way that it makes it more rewarding for players that play for those trophies and in the spirit of their race, rather than just, I'm just going to win and, and get the, the wins no matter what. So I think, I think all- that's, that's a really interesting point because a lot of the best in faction or best in allegiance as they've now become, it's usually the highest place in one of those allegiances, isn't it? Or yeah. um, Grand Alliance rather, and not allegiance. Mm-hmm. So if death chaos and order are all on the, the podium then all oh, those three awards suddenly go to the someone that's already walking away with gold silver and bronze anyway exactly and I, th- I think that's that's the thing i wanted to avoid at all costs if i'm honest because it, there's no worse feeling than um, and it goes back to like the, the kind of player base and what we've built up so dan and i have you know created the bucks war game collective and you know it started with just two or three of us that would play around each other's houses and it's grown and grown and grown i think we're now uh, a group of 25 25 26 players and you know i would say probably 15 or 16 16 of them now all attend events you know that's our that's our thing and we're, we're not like a super cutthroat bunch of players but we're all just players from varying levels that all just enjoy events and we didn't want players like that and a lot of them our event was their first ever two-day and i know that tonguesgate brought a load of guys for the same and the gitmob guys in newbury brought a load of guys for the same thing um you know it's those players that eventually are going to be those top table players and i, I don't want those guys walking away thinking oh for god's sake i can't if i'm not going to finish top three why bother so i'll talk through how they work because i think that's um, super important so we had the four allegiances we've got lord of death the best destruction savior of order and champion of chaos so each one of them had their own really cool trophy had its own uh, it had its own way to win them so like you said quite often allegiance um, awards go to the highest ranking player of that race not super imaginative not super narrative so we want to do something a little bit different so let's start with the best destruction it's the simplest not because the, the players are simple obviously but uh, it's just this is the destruction player with the highest kill points across the weekend simple as that go smashing and bashing if you smash and bash the most you will be the best destruction player um very very simple award uh, it was my brother that won that actually um fix everyone said so he came up to me so i think this is this is the this is the thing that was great with it is you know he didn't do terribly he was sort of two and two going into game five could go three two could go two three um and he wanted to know where he was in this destruction spreadsheet all the way through the weekend and he came up to me and he, there was I think there was a hundred victory points between him and the next player down, which is um, Tom Lee's from Just Play, and the two of them were <laughs> basically saying, "Right, I want to win it. No, I want to win it. I want to win it." And Mark went through his game, 
so he could <laughs> so he could be the best destruction. <laughs> so Tom Tom Lee's had a and they were both two and two, which I thought was brilliant. So they were both going into it, kind of wanting to win the game, but kind of not. Um, and Mark went, Do you know what? I'm done with this, and I just threw the mission aside and just went out to go and get just that. smashed so, and bashed. He just loved it because to him, he, you know, he pulled me aside afterwards and he said, I don't care whether I finish, you know, 25th on 2-3 or 35th on 3-2. Makes no ends to me. If I'm that close to that award, that's what I'm going for. Um, and he won it and fair play to him. So, but that's, that's really um, cool because that, like what you said earlier, that encourages people at all levels of the rankings on Sunday to do something and, and they're kind of still in the game, as yeah. it were. I, they're not going to podium. They're never going to podium. So give them something else to fight for. It's like when you get the, the, the people who are right at the bottom who want to win the wooden spoon. Yeah, exactly that. And I think that's, yeah, because that's another award we gave out, which actually wasn't in the pack, so I'll come back to that. Um, it's another sought-after thing, I think, isn't it? But, you know, people just like to win things. It doesn't doesn't matter what it is, really. Um, I mean, these ones were particularly cool, I think. But um, So that's the best destruction. It's quite an easy one. Um, Champion of Chaos was actually that. That got a lot of attention as well. So um, Champion of Chaos was, you know, Blood for the Blood God. Um, it was most kill points by both you and your opponent over the five games. So this was how much carnage can you just can you cause on both sides of the field across that weekend? Um, and this was hotly contested as well. Um, and that went to Martin Morin in the end. He was the uh, the the king of chaos, champion Very of chaos. Very fitting given his army. Absolutely, yeah, and he was, you know, he was riding fairly high on those tables as well, um, yeah, and he uh, he took the skulls for corn, so well done to mine. So that was that one. Savior of order was a little bit different. So the savior of order was designed in a way. So it sounds complicated-ish, but it's basically the highest amount of kill points you scored over five games less the kill points you gave up so it's you know how much how much chaos can you kill without giving up too much of sigma's finest is the is the idea behind that um which you know was is that was probably the most difficult one to explain because you can't really try and win that one it's quite tough to um go out and kill things without giving up half your army in in return but um it balanced out quite well in the end and um, I can't remember who won uh, that one. Actually. Ben Johnson with his Ben steam Johnson, tanks. wasn't it? With steam tanks, brilliant. And such a durable, such fitted. a durable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got and that, that was... one on on game one, and it was total commitment. And it was it was, oh, was you, you, you absolute bounder because on Twitter, I don't know whether you're doing this on purpose, but it felt like you I were. I saw this. I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, total commitment was in the pack, and we'll get on to scenarios in a second. But I knew that. I think did I grudge Ben? You grudged. I grudged yeah. Ben. <laughs> And then we didn't know what the event, uh, what the scenario was, and then you you released it as in like it was like right this you know game one won't be this one game one won't be that one and you just ticked through the scenarios until it was like it was on so some Friday night <laughs> it was like between total commitment and another and then I get a, a WhatsApp message from Ben saying it's total commitment Dan yeah that was so unintentional but i could definitely <laughs> feel the tension as soon as i clocked what was happening i was looking at them going oh my god oh my god because I, I had the i had the five in front of me and honestly i was just d6 in them to see which one had ruled out <laughs> i was like it's not that one it's not that one it's not that one because one thing i wanted to make super clear we'll come to that in a minute is like it was open in the pack um but it did, i didn't tell you which order um no i, so I was, really that like that i like I like knowing what scenarios are going to be in the event before the event, but having them randomly allocated. 
Yeah. So we'll come, we'll come back to that. I think that's a key thing. So, yeah, so Ben Johnson won that with a steam tank army, which is fantastic. Um, he got a nomination for best painter as well, which is, you know, the army looked incredible. Um, so the last one is my favorite one. It's got a place in my heart. So it's Lord of Death. Um, this one played so well to the narratives as well. So Lord of Death is the death player who gave up the least victory points over the weekend so it plays quite well with their army rules generally you know they're always bringing units back you can't quite fully destroy them um and ben, ben murphy won that playing nagash as well which is just so fitting um yeah, so it's strangely narrative for a competitive event exactly yeah and you know even because ben was playing on table four i think in the last game um so he was going on to to win stuff um but also you know was keeping an eye on that spreadsheet all weekend as soon as he knew he was in in the runnings for that um every single game was like where am i where am i where am i um he did he did incredible actually so his nagash list lost 460 points over five games and this is a, a legion of nagash list not a this was yeah, pre bone reapers this in fact this was the weekend that bone reapers went up for real wasn't it yeah so it was the last the last ever points with the sort of old nagash war scrolls it were um and you know Ben's been Ben's been running that, that for best part of a year. That list, um, he won the AUS Super League, London Super League, with that as well. So you know he done he done really well. Um, and that, yeah, so that's that's my favourite award. So I like yeah I like to think that that gave a lot of players something to to run for. And it's not something you really see at events anymore. It's something I used to really love from the old ones, and you, you don't really seem to see it anymore. So I wanted to keep that true, and it will return for next year. It'll be there again. Excellent. So we've, we've mentioned scenarios a couple of times and obviously Total Commitment was one of them because uh, that mm-hmm. was the, the one that absolutely was terrible for my army. But what was your reasoning behind picking the five battle plans? So first of all, what, what were they and uh, what was your reasoning behind them? Why did I pick them? Yeah, so, uh, so we ran with, uh, so we've got Scorched Earth, Battle for a Pass, Places of Arcane Power, Total Conquest and Total Commitment. So I'm a, I'm a big, big believer in taking an all-rounder list as much as you can to all events. I know that if you release packs in advance, like we did, there is some manoeuvre to sort of almost game the pack. Kind of tailor for um, the pack. Tailor for the pack, yeah. So that that is the reason I picked those five scenarios. So there are they're all polar. They're very polar. So, you know, places of arcane power, you need heroes. You need to play that hero mission total commitment is going to punish those lists that just deep strike an alpha strike an army off the table total conquest you need to be able to move around the table they're in sort of corner point objectives battle for the pass is my favorite scenario of all of them i think it's the most balanced um in terms of like competitive match play and then scorched earth you have to be able to play end to end and you have to play over multiple objectives. So I've picked those for nine, five because uh, they're the ones that I believe are actually the most balanced in terms of a competitive pack. Um, you know, it's not just, I've t- I took a lot of inspiration from other events. You know, the, I, I try to avoid at all costs um, auto win, auto lose scenarios if I can. So anything that Things can be over like as of turn three, if you have X, then you win. Correct. Yeah. So that better part of valor. Um, you know, I'm not. To, it's not. I'm not judging. I'm not to say they're not going to be part of any pack. It's just for me personally, I've had a few bad feels from things like that, where you get to a table and depending on who you're matching up against, you just cannot win that scenario, um, or you lose the priority of turn two. You've lost the game. You know, things like that. I wanted to avoid that at all costs. I wanted all games to go the length if they could. Um, so that's one criteria. 
Um, the other one was, you know, I wanted to just make sure that people rock up to the event with a list that has to be published in advance that can play all five scenarios. And if you can't, then, you know, you need to, that needs to be something that's, that's factored in. Like yourself, you took an all deep striking Pterodon list, but you knew Total Commitment was going to be in there. So that was a, as a player, player decision. So, um, you know, it's not to say that people can't take those armies. It's just, you need to be aware of You go in there, eyes wide open, knowing the impact it's going to have on your chances. Yeah, and you don't know. And this is the thing, they were released in the pack, so they're public to everyone. We released the pack five weeks out. Uh, list submission was two weeks out. So there was a three-week lead time where you had to effectively, you know, plan your lists, test your games, test your scenarios. Um, we had the five scenarios and the five realms, so you just didn't know what order they were in. So uh, as you said before, we sort of were teasing people as to what the first scenario was going to be once the draw was up. So the, the draw went live that week, um, and then so did the scenario sneaking. And then I think it was the morning of we announced what that scenario was going to be. So you've mentioned realms and stuff there, but I don't want to skip straight onto that. I want to go back to something you said earlier, which is okay. you wanted the games to run for the full the full set of turns and not kind of be an auto an auto win on game th- turn three or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that kind of brings me on to the bit of your pack that says judgment and tournament approach. And so for the benefit of those that haven't read this, I'll just read it out briefly. And then I want yeah, you yeah. to kind of expound on why you felt it was necessary to put this in. Mm-hmm. We have decided to take an active approach to judging during the event. TOs will be walking between tables during the day and will be available for rules judging, queries and decisions. There is a, there is very much a relaxed and fun attitude in our club and the same will be encouraged in our events. Anyone found to be exhibiting non-sporting conduct will be pulled aside and spoken to. Hopefully this never happens. That's that's fair enough. That's kind of standard mm-hmm. tournament stuff. But it's this third paragraph which I think is quite interesting. We very much encourage games to go the full five turns if not decided before that. Any games that are not finished will be assessed and a tournament organiser will make a call on the game as if it had gone the full five turns. We will also have the option on the score sheet for you to highlight if you felt your game didn't come to a satisfactory conclusion. And if people are repeatedly not reaching conclusions in their games they will be spoken to and TP penalties may be put into effect. Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting one. I've... Um... There's a lot of pros and cons to that sort of approach. I mean, it's two points, I think, firstly. First one is, you know, TO contact um, and just people being aware that that's a thing. Um, I know quite a lot of people, you know, the Just Play guys um, are big advocates for that sort of approach and um, just making contact. But the reason there were sort of four of us on the day, obviously myself and Dan TO'd the whole thing. Um, And then we had Angus and Johnny that were helping us on the day. Um, And I made sure that people were in between tables and walking around and just trying to make contact with players as much as we can during the weekend. Um, So they're not this kind of big bad guy that sits behind the desk and shouts people when they're late putting their lists in, that kind of thing, their results in. They are are a a person, they are an active participant in the event and someone that you want to encourage people to be able to go to. Absolutely. Whether it's a rules query or an issue that they're having or, or even just a kind of a bit of feedback. Oh, absolutely anything. I mean, we one thing that I really wanted to make a, a highlight of the weekend was, you know, player player value, I guess, is is one thing. And, and, you know, feeling like that, you know, you've not just turned up to an event that you've paid for. It's your part of an event that you've, that you've paid for. So, you know, we wanted everyone just to get involved. So, you know, whether it was, you know, we were running around pizza because we've got loads spare and we wanted to feed people or offering bottles of water out or just someone that you can bounce stuff off during the game. There's four of us. We're all different levels of 
competitiveness you know um angus won't be afraid to say he's you know down those bottom tables working hard and having fun um whereas you know i'm super serious top end player and i, I, I will to as one but you know that's that's the kind of approach we want it to be we want it to be felt felt and you know our presence known in in the hall um as a thing you know it just it would hopefully slightly you know disencourage any non-sporting behavior um but also means you know if anyone's about it they can just ask us questions that's that was part of the reason i put that in there um the second reason is i hate slow players if i'm really honest um it's an absolute bugbear of mine i think if you to we, we extended the time out as well so i think in this this current game state two hours 45 minutes is is, is an ideal time frame two hours 30 is not quite enough um three hours is probably too much i think so two hour 45 is, is pretty much that sweet spot if you cannot finish a game in two hours 45 there's something wrong in my opinion it does happen. You can play very slow armies. You can have two very slow armies that play against each other. It could be a super, super tight game on top tables. I have never not finished a game of Sigma. Um, if, if if I don't, you know, I've had a couple of bad experiences where I have been slow played and I've not got past turn two. Every other game I've played ever has finished. Um it's just something I don't I don't like to see happen at my event, and I just really don't like to see other players suffer from it as well so if you've got two very new players and, and there's always exceptions if you've got two very new players with two very hoardy armies and then they really both struggle to get to the five turns then i'll go over and talk to them and the first approach i had was you know do you feel like you guys can con- conclude this game where do you think you are right now have you had equal turns blah 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 so I think over the 84 players and five games, I think maybe I had to come over twice over the whole weekend to get something wrapped up. Um, and whereabouts in the ladder were these games happening? Um, one was very low tables and the other was uh, sort of mid mid to high. Um, I feel I've got to hold my hands up a little bit here because I did say in the pack I would be super strict on it and I wasn't. Um, so for consistency next year I'm going to make a decision one way or the other Um, an example of that was uh, and a little bit of feedback as well which is highly appreciated is I was more lenient on the games that were just before lunch which if I'm going to be a consistent and fair TO I don't think is oh you mean you mean not not down names and stuff yes exactly that so I think you know if I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to put a clear pack together I think I should stick to that so that's you know, on me. Um, but I think going forwards, I'm going to make a decision one way or the other. Either I take that out of the pack if that's how I want to run it, which is fine. Um, or I'd be very strict to that and adhere to it during the day. So I think because it was our first ever event, you can never quite <laughs> be sure which way it's going to go. Um, and the England rugby game was on and everything else was happening. So first game, there were a couple of people that took the mick a little bit i'll be honest said they couldn't quite finish their game but had the rugby on playing as they were playing their game of sigma um so i was a little bit lenient on that um and also i had a million to things to do during the lunch break so i didn't care awfully um but that's you know that's on me i think going forward i'm going to be a bit stricter on that but, i think i think you can afford to be and and for me personally as a player when a to does something that is to the in the opposite direction to their pack. The pack set out the rules and the framework of the rules that the players have essentially signed up to by by paying for the 
for the event and attending the event, they've almost agreed to the pack, which is why I find it really frustrating when on the Mondays after events are hilarious on social media. It's, it's one of those things you're like, do I avoid Twitter or do I just jump in and like <laughs> like strap yeah. in for the ride? Because you get people and soft scores are a great one for it, you know, especially at something like a Warhammer World event pre the new, you know, pre 2020 heat style. Yeah, you get people whinging about. Oh well, you know, I was beaten by an army that was really well painted on the on the score. Well, yeah, that's the event that you agreed to. <laughs> that's the the event pack that you've read and that you agreed to when you essentially paid for them, paid for the ticket. Yeah. You you signed up to that event, okay. and if you yeah, don't 100%. if you don't like that, if if you don't want to risk your five and O podium chances because your army's been dry brushed to like blue or something, <laughs> then then don't go to that event. Or or yeah. go and and take mental satisfaction, kind of that kind of moral high ground, be like, okay, had this been an event where only TPs had mattered, then I would have I knew I would have come second. And for me, that's good enough. I in yeah. my head came second. I was the second best tournament competitive gamer there. However, yeah. this event is celebrating more about the game you know, as a whole and more about the hobby. And therefore I didn't walk away with a trophy and i 100 people i'm ranting a little bit but it really it frustrates me when people have actively signed up to an event and essentially agreed to the set of rules and then whinge about the rules after the fact yeah i i agree with you i think it's that that's and that's the beauty of you know every pack being different is you sign up for what what's in the pack isn't it i mean if you've if it's especially if it's pre-released if it's pre-released and it's definitive and that is what it is then either do something about it or don't, yeah. <laughs> but don't moan about it. And so, so when a, um, when a TO does something, and like you, you said it yourself, like you're you acknowledge the fact that you did something, and it's something you will either remove or adhere to. Um, but if a TO does something different in the pack, then for players, that's that's uncertainty. And you're you know you didn't sign up to that event. You signed up to the event that, that was advertised, not the event that the that ATO, not not you personally, but ATO has changed something on the fly because it makes their life easier because they've got a lot of gamers nagging them about something they go, oh you know do you know what sod it i'll just just go for this one um yeah or, yeah. or for whatever reason you know we don't no one players don't always know the context of to decisions so it's yeah, very, very easy for me to sit here and criticize but um when to's change things that, that kind of go in the opposite direction of the pack that's frustrating for the players that yeah, it, yeah. it impacts because every decision obviously has a has an impact on some players so the players that did x and the to goes oh do you know don't worry about it well then the players that didn't do that are like well i could have done that yeah, absolutely, and I think, and I think it's it's, it's it's an interesting one because, like I said, I only got, uh, you know, I think we only got called over, maybe two or three times. One of those times was resolved very quickly, and the other two actually had to make we had to make a decision on. Um, but I think the fact that that was in the pack, um, players were very aware of that, and I think players were almost making their own decisions to conclude those games at time because you can hold um, you can hold people accountable because the players know that if they call someone over, the TO is going to make a decision, and so it's it's up to the players to be like, do you know what, you know, the player that knows that he's lost the game, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he or yeah. she can say, do you know what. I know that if I call a TO over, over, they're probably going to rule out, you know, not in my yeah, favour. So I'll do it anyway. I'll do it anyway yeah. before. Basically, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump before I'm pushed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that happened. That happened most of the time at that weekend. We had a couple of people that were just like, oh, no, you know, we, a couple of people that needed a little, little nudge. <laughs> yeah, I think that there was only there, there was one uh, one game. I'm not going to name names, of course, no, of but course not. Um, there was you know there was one game that essentially was 
so slow uh didn't finish turn three one of the players hadn't quite finished their turn and you know neither one of them were budgeting on who should win and who should lose and i think that's why it's so that's why there's so much discussion on whether to should wade in on this because you know me as an exp- and this is on bottom bottom tables pretty much um bottom four tables um so you know i don't want to say it doesn't matter but it, it didn't matter to final rankings it just it matters to the players obviously but um it's i could look at that game as a very experienced sigma player and say actually if you got the priority you could do this 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 and then you could win but that's not how the player would play it so who am i to jump in and say you know especially if his opponent's right there but like oh well easy you win the priority you do this this and this and you've just won the game there's nothing you can do about it because he would have done something completely different perhaps likewise you could put yourself in the other player's shoes and go oh well if he's going to do that you just do this and you stop him doing that and you can't it's really difficult to ask those things after the fact and it's all theories and ifs and bottom line is it's a dice game isn't it you know you yes you just have to roll a three up charge you roll a double one of course you do um that's just the way it works so I do, I do find it difficult I didn't want to put myself in that position and I think I only really had to make that decision once and I think I made the right call um, and both players were happy with it in the end what they say behind my back is a different thing but <laughs> <laughs> at the time they were both fairly happy with that so um, I think I'll put something in there very similar next year I think I'm just going to be a little bit stricter on time if, if, if I say dice down in the in the pack it's dice down Fair one. Um, so, so one, yeah. one, one last question on that before we move on to Malign Sorcery Sure. If a player, and I'm talking about players who are in the kind of top third of the event, not necessarily sure. your bottom table heroes or your kind of your middlers, at the top third of the event, if a player can't consistently get five full turns in with their army, should they be playing it? No, is the short answer. Absolutely not. That's not the game. The game is five turns. The game is timed. The game is for both players to have five turns. I think that my 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 argument for that is purely based on army books are designed to win in different times of the game some armies alpha win turn one turn two some armies some armies play the long game you have to give all armies every chance to win those games the amount of games i've pulled back from utter defeat to a win in game five because i've been able to move a two-man unit left out of 40 models into a place that my opponent had no idea i was going to move them to um is beyond me so for me if i'm uh, especially i'm a i'm a i'm a reactive player how i like to play personally is i'm very reactive i i like going second i like to see what my opponent does to make a decision on the back of it i like to see if i can get myself out of a hole and if i'm if i'm gonna lose a game i'm down on points i, I don't just give up i play all the way to turn five always obviously unless i've got no models left um to see if i can get that game back and if somebody's going to deny me the chance to do that because they can't move i don't know 400 marauders across the table then you know they shouldn't be playing the army absolutely not brilliant so let's flick over to back to malign sorcery mm-hmm. why did you decide to run a comped version of malign sorcery in a in a, in a you know, i'm doing comped with little bunny ears um yeah, yeah but what was your decision making process behind that um, and, and, and just again, just for the benefit of those who, if you Google Bloodshed in the Shires pack, there's it's all on TGA and people can find it so that people can read this pack whilst they're listening to this potentially. But essentially, yeah. you set out the five realms that people will be playing in. You mm-hmm. set out for each realm and each round the, the two spells that were available and yep. the command ability that was available if it was. Yep. But you didn't assign those to specific scenarios. You didn't say, you know, Gyran will be Scorched Earth and that will be game one. All these, the battle plans and the realm combos were random. 
no exactly and yeah and it, it, the um so my thinking behind that so i'm i'm in two minds um i still don't know if it's the right decision so i think um you know you as a player would know better than anyone but you know feedback from from players is always appreciated but i i wanted to run the event as true to what games workshop intended as possible um you know games workshop have released the malign sorcery the scenarios everything and uh, you know with all intent i wanted to run that as best as i can however um i didn't want this event to be overly bloated um from experience what happens when you run full realms is you will have players that know those back to front and will use that one key spell or ability that one time in the game that somebody else might have overlooked um to almost sneak a little gotcha or people just don't use them at all as in like players will just go should we just not bother and then just put it to the side i've seen that so many times so the reason behind this is i wanted to include some of them i wanted to be super open with what they were um so you can use them i intentionally also picked ones that were impactful enough for you to for you to want to care so I didn't shy away from putting Mirror Pool in there from Diorama, which is the teleport spell. I didn't banishment. shy. Yeah, I didn't shy away from putting Banishment that in there. That was convenient. There. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, or Strike Quickly from Hayesha as well, like the Always Strikes First command ability. I didn't want to just go, do you know what? I'm going to play Realms, but I'm going to play with five non-effect Realm features. I wanted to use ones that would impact you if you bothered to read my pack. Um, and if you didn't, then more for you. Um, <laughs> then when so, your opponent banishes you, yeah, <laughs> you weren't aware right? they could do that. Then it's your bad. Exactly. So yeah, so I, I put those in there. I wanted players to use them. I'm a fan of them, but I didn't want to go. Do you know what? We're playing full realms. Here's a feature. Here's two command abilities. Here's seven spells. Go nuts! Because what will happen is people just tend to pick out one or two that matter um and just disregard the rest anyway so i've just saved people the trouble that's fair enough one thing i did do which i thought i mean feedback from yourself would be great was they were random so i've got five battle plans five realms um i actually got um ellie my wife to <laughs> sit down with these lists bearing in mind she does not play sigma for those of you who don't know um and i was like oh can you do me a favor just um can you read one of those words out which one one of those ones and then her trying to pronounce the realms was obviously hilarious um she was like um i was like yep actually brilliant uh read one of those ones out for me um total conquest great cool that's round one done for example so um she she was just she 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 created the pack <laughs> so yeah so she she rattled those off and that that dictated the order once that was done well this done was a- ellie curtis exactly spot on uh so once that was done this was probably uh, this must have been two weeks out so this was way before everything else got set um i had then created the cheat sheets for everyone at the event so when you came in and you signed up to the event in the morning and you gave me your name told me you were here i gave everyone their sort of score sheet and i gave everyone their realm and scenario sheet for the weekend so up until that point we turned up in the morning you didn't know what you were playing in any order as soon as you turned up in that morning you had the full list of all five games in order which scenarios which realms um so those that you know wanted to could could look up on what their tactics were for game two or have a look overnight and when they were back in the hotel room um, which i'm a big fan of personally but 
you know it's just there for people and more than anything everybody had one on the table so when you are looking at those realm things it's like it's very clear what's in use and what's not so so, I mean, so essentially is, is the question so they're randomized but they're predetermined rather than uh, uh, correct is, yeah is, is the question should they be randomized there and sort of so, I mean, what, between what's, what's your thoughts predetermined yeah, them. yeah thoughts? absolutely randomize yeah. them and be you know you you're doing it between yourself and ellie fine uh or, or you and a to whatever yeah. and and i don't think you know you don't need to like record yourself rolling dice or something like that you know because a to's integrity should, you shouldn't be questioning a to's integrity um you randomize them in whatever way you want and actually to be honest if you randomizing as in like in again in, in inverted commas like mm-hmm. if the random aspect of it is you putting them in a different in an order that you've chosen that's as good as ellie picking it for me because yeah. it doesn't really matter. It, what what matters is that you you've told the players that these five scenarios and these five realms are going to exist, and the random element of it is that they don't know what combination they're in. The fact that Correct. you might yeah. pick it. So, for example, banishment in Hish might be insane for a certain scenario, and you don't want that combo. You don't want because it, it it could be like an almost instant win if you combine mm-hmm. a certain battle plan with a certain spell that most armies don't have access to it could really ruin it for another type of army and in keeping with the kind of ethos of the event which is you want people to be in the game four or five turns and really enjoying it mm-hmm. then that dangerous combo that ellie might have picked out out of thin air could ruin the game for someone and therefore ruin the event for a player so actually i think what you've done is is really good because had she picked something like scorched earth with x you know that, that mm-hmm. could be really terrible you could have said do you know what that is random, and Ellie has picked it. But do you know, I, I think I'm just going to you know, do a little tweak, a little to tweak, yeah, yeah. and change it. Absolutely, and I think that's and I think... fine. And and having access to all the all the data when you arrive on the day is is perfect because over lunch you can read up. You don't need to wait for. What really frustrated me recently about Blood and Glory is that they were randomising it and not telling people until essentially like on the you know the round started at let's say 1300 for game two. Yeah. And they told people at thirteen hundred. So yeah, so like I, I want to be, it. I want to be rolling dice at thirteen hundred. You know, I, I want to have, or at least shaking hands with the opponent, and you know, de- deploying or something like that. You, yeah. I don't want to spend ten minutes reading what the scenario is, reminding, reminding myself of the victory conditions, reminding myself of like what exercising beam does and things like that, or what yeah. soul sacrifice command ability does. I, I, I don't want to waste my time and mental energy doing that when the yeah. when the clock's ticking. I think that's important, isn't it? And like you said, it's it's about saving time where you can. Um, and I think a lot of the key things that we did were to try and get rid of as much of that as for the players as we could. So you know, having the so having the preset stuff on a sheet for everybody was point one. You know, um, Steve Wren done that at Warhammer World. Massive fan of that. Um, that's where I stole it from. You know, I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, Dan and I have stolen all of the best bits from other events because if someone does something really well, just do it yourself. Um, you know, th- that's been stolen from there. So that will be a feature of bloodshed. Even the little things like we had, um, the name tags for everybody. All right. So not everyone needs to see your name on a badge, but on the back of it was all of the times for the whole weekend. So how many that times was, have yeah, you? That was really useful. Yeah, so it's like if you if you forgot on what time we said the round was, you can go well. I've got my realm sheet and I've got the the, the realm card on me always. So, you know, little things like that we just wanted to put in place to make sure that it was set. And like you said, we haven't said in the pack. Oh, you know, eighteen scenarios are in play and it's all random because um, again, it's it's completely up to tos. But I didn't want to put myself in that position where. I'm rolling randomly and I've just picked three hero scenarios in a row in a row 
Um, and then I have to, you know, behind the scenes, pick another one because that's not really random. I would much rather just be super open and say, do you know what? These are the five scenarios. Make a, make a list for those. Um, you don't know the order, but that's what we're going to do. So, yeah. So for me, Malign Sorcery, I think is, uh, I liked it. Um, might change it a little bit for next year, but there'll be some sort of inclusion there, I'm sure. There's recently been talk uh, of events not even using Malign Sorcery at all and just saying Battle Tome, uh, Battle Tome artifacts and spells only. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. Again, it's, um, uh, I'm not going to lie, it's nice and clean sometimes to, to not have to even worry about it. Do you think Malign Sorcery, access to Malign Sorcery helps some factions more than it does others? I'm, I'm into, uh, yes, short answer, definitely. I'm in the middle. One argument is why be able to use realm artifacts and not realm spells is, is one way to look at it. So either use part of the book or none of the book. Um, or if you're going to cherry pick, so why are you allowed to use artifacts but not use realm spells in some packs? You know, I'm not saying they're they're wrong or anything. It's just pick a pick a side of the fence and, and, and sit on that side. But I'm I'm all for variety in event packs wrong right point of view whatever people want to do um i will happily play either i think i think wrong wrong and right's the not necessarily the most constructive way to put it because it's not wrong or right is it it's the way that you said right at the beginning you wanted to run the event that you would like to attend so actually yeah. there'll be people sat there who be like oh malign sorcery my army it doesn't help that my army that much, or, or or it's a bit too complicated like when you play at warhammer world and and you've got access to everything like realm spells it, it can be a bit much so actually it's as you say that that variety is so useful isn't it it's so yeah. important and that's what i love about the uk to- independent tournament scene and and you know the scene in general is that you do have events that come at things from different perspectives and you do have events that do want to do things like do you know what actually for this version of bloodshed and shires we won't be doing any alliance sorcery stuff yeah absolutely i think i think it's super important isn't it? and if you know if packs are released in advance and it's open then um people can can talk with their feet can't they and and i think like you said it's some armies and some players out there are just like dying to get their hands on something you know maybe they're playing that the army that's got one wizard who barely casts his own spell but if he can just have access to that realm spell he can just have like the most amazing time and for that player that's like super important he's going to read that pack and think yes i can i can finally teleport my whatever across the table because they've got it in that pack whereas other armies like well, i'm a stormcast player and i haven't brought any wizards so my opponent's just going to get to absolutely abuse me for five games and you know that's night encounters in- that's the solution exactly shut but, that stuff you know, down exactly but like do you know what i mean if if you don't let's say you don't take that night encounter or you've got a specific list you want to run and it goes back to what you were saying before about if it's in the pack you sign up to that that that's your gaming contract as you were so do you then make a list that can play the pack do you just take your list and suck it up you know what do you want to get out of that event do you really want to go into that and go do you know what this is the bloodshire pack this is what i want to do um or do you go well i'm just going to take my club night list i've taken for four months i'm just going to run it at bloodshed and then i'm going to moan about it afterwards it's like just you know what you're going into basically and i think variety is great and i think you know events should be different and i think all events should be different i don't think they should ever all try and be the same that's that's my opinion that's that's an excellent segue onto events in general and overall. Have you been to any events recently, and what were your favourite ones? 
Oh, so many. <laughs> I think the the last one I went to was Mancunian Carnage this this month. Um, so that was run by Alex Jones up in, in Manchester. Um, so it was one of the four. Really, really good event. Super, super chilled. Really, really fun. Um, and you know, he's his pack was brilliant, and it's just he's gone the. He's, he's very it's very chilled out in terms of a pack lots and lots of soft scores and it really challenged me as a player because i'm just super competitive normally don't care about it at all but his event um and paul barkler paul barkler runs one very very similar um down in his club over, over the summer and it's so soft score orientated that i changed my entire ethos to play that event um so alex jones has had massive massive points for you know like wow factor and painting scores and soft scores and all these kind of things and i went well out of my way to try and smash out and bone reaper's army um in two weeks and i in 10 days basically i painted 2000 points of bone reapers um i was doing like osl glow effects on the eyes and um, i actually managed to get uh, judges judges award for painting uh, which i was super super chuffed by just because he was so impressed by the the, the sort of attitude i'd adopted trying to get it ready for that event but yeah so I've, I've been to loads of events this year i think my favorite has got to be face hammer um would go back to that in a heartbeat it was my first year of face hammer as well this year it's so good isn't it <laughs> such it's, a good event it's a such combination a of the like the pack the team that run it the facehammer boys like the, they've got the right approach to running events and, and the hobby in general you know you've got everything from terry so focused on painting right now yeah. um and is you know a war, an, an award-winning painter um they all are aren't they they've all won yeah best painted you know les has had his armies in white dwarf and things like that uh you know russ is russ you know he's infamous on the gaming scene but yeah. also a brilliant painter as well um and then byron's you know the turquoise man himself like i remember <laughs> seeing that army you know way back in god when was it like i think i went into element games randomly or i was up in manchester for work and i just kind of popped in and ended up talking to byron about airbrushing and like it's his turquoise mans for like two hours or so and you know that was yeah. that was about seven years ago um but yeah they've got they've got a brilliant approach to the hobby and a brilliant approach to the event and it's it's one of my must attend events of the year I've, it's I've, amazing it's, isn't it's it so and, good. and i think just just and the, the venue as well yeah location is great like, i think there's a bar but it's not like it's not like a stag do type you know vibe there's it's there's, people oh, are drinking cocktails. but like it's it's quite it's quite fun chilled and the, shop, the cocktails and, are so good oh, the, co- the cocktails are good. <laughs> and they're themed after the mortal realm so what more can you want and the the kind exactly. of the cherry on top is that you've got element games next door yeah and yeah, and you can do stupid things like have a, uh, a few too many cocktails and buy an army at 10 o'clock at night yeah, which I almost did. Which I chose. Just... That's when. That's when I. No, no, that wasn't. I didn't do it at Facebook because I brought my Terradons. So I did that eggs element. Great. Uh, excuse me. Element Games Grand Slam. That's where, which is also at the uh, Northwest Gaming Center. Yeah. Um, which is the kind of part of Element Games, and uh, I, that's when I bought my Terradons at ten o'clock at night. Amazing. After a few too many drinks. <laughs> It was good, and I was the recipient game one. I there we summer. go. Yeah, it's like the circle of life. Um, but yeah, just to, so yeah, to reiterate what you said, I think um, that's exactly what I read down here. Is face hammer atmosphere was brilliant. Like the face hammer guys are all top blokes. Terry, Russ, Byron, you know, Les, all of them. They're just so much of what 
I liked at that event, I try to mirror a bloodshed as well. So all weekend, the face summer guys were walking around, engaging with the players. You know, you could talk to Russ about gaming, Byron will come give you a cuddle. You'd go talk to, you know, Terry about painting. And it was just, everyone was just involved. I think that was, that's a big tick for me. Um, Pack was brilliant, you know, exactly what you were getting. Um, my only, the only critique I, I didn't quite like, I said, I didn't, like not knowing what the scenarios were but that's just personal preference but you know it was super competitive as well um i mean first game against you i knew it was going to be tough anyway uh which we spoke about oh, after so, yeah so we, spoke, I was, we, we spoke about that afterwards didn't we so i was honestly if you if you were not so focused on the table because you were in hard thinking mode my face i was sitting there just going Please don't notice. Please don't notice. Please make the wrong decision. <laughs> I was just trying. Like, I was just trying to be as stone faced as I could, um, what, because I knew what, we, what were you hoping up, that I would wouldn't do? So if you doubled up, so obviously uh, for those of you who don't know, Dan's got uh, uh, like a deep striking pterodon list with how many? 21, 21 pterodons, pterodons, yeah, twenty one pterodons. And so, I, I split it. I put. I sent the the nine, no, the twelve towards the dragon, and the yeah, nine towards one of your other heroes. Yeah. I, I basically went eggy basket territory i went i went too hard oh no i went i should have gone all in on one end correct I yeah so nuked the dragon yeah i i gave you i gave you the options and i would i just hoped you make the wrong decision because i basically so i was playing a blister skin flesh fleshy accords list i had my arch regent and a load of flayers all bubbled up on one flank and then just way out on his own i had 10 direwolves um, trying to sort of screen off a terror geist who actually you gave me the first turn and he got his five up after damage save and then went and flew onto mystical as i write that's the only option i've got is i'm just going to fly up into the middle and see what you do um luckily for me you didn't double up on that terror geist if you had i think you would have got the game quite confidently but luckily for me you you split up and it meant my terror geist i think he survived on three wounds and then devoured the entire unit of 12 pterodons on the turn but i I think that's such a fundamental game for me to have played and actually the right decision for me to have made because it taught me so much about the army like you you learn more from losing than you do from winning i think oh absolutely yeah that's a really good to look at had i not done that had i not had that mistake kind of in my bank then i wouldn't have done so well at bloodshed and i wouldn't have done so well at blood and glory yeah, that's, so that's a good it, way to look it was a huge lesson for me, and it, I was so I was very frustrated <laughs> with it. And actually, I'm so glad I did it because it, <laughs> it taught me a little bit about something about the army. So you know, brilliant. I wouldn't let that go unpunished as well. You make a mistake <laughs> against me, I'm going to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, what <laughs> events are you uh, looking forward to attending next year? Uh, so, I've got uh, Chris Tomlin's Brotherhood in January. Oh, three out of three. Uh, there we go. Three episodes in a row. Tomlin's Brotherhood yeah. to be mentioned. <laughs> Well, you know, me and my local club mates are getting together to just throw some dice and have some fun. Just a chilled out, fluffy uh, soft score type event, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, we're not taking it too seriously. So just what list are of... you and your teammates bringing? Um, uh, <laughs> undecided currently. I can edit it out, uh, Steve. I can edit it out. Don't worry. Oh, you can. And then I can uh, auction it off to the... Uh, to yeah, the... exactly. The highest bidder. <laughs> don't tell uh, me now. Tell me after the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we could do another shot. No, that's fine. Um yeah, it's going to be that's that's a really good event. Um, I tell you what, I'm trying to do. Over the past couple of years, I've set myself a goal. I'm trying to go to as many different events as I can. So any of the events I missed last year due to like other commitments or you know little things getting married, things like that. Um, if I missed any, I'm going to go to them this year if I can. So, um, 
but I think the one I'm most looking forward to again is probably Face Summer, Brotherhood or Face Summer, the two that I'm, that I'm looking forward to. Brilliant, and, and nice, nice ends of the year. You've got Brotherhood straight away in 2020, and then you've got something good to look forward to down the line at Face Hammer in sort of September, October time, whenever it is. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's a nice little fix for me, like Face Hammer, that kind of time of year. September's very, very busy, and then end of October, November, we've got we've got our own one. So it means I get to go to all these amazing events during the year, steal all their ideas, and then run them all to bloodshed. So that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> is there is there an event that isn't on in the UK at the moment that you'd like to see run? Um, it's a good question. Because um, we spoke for... about the variety and that yeah. there is there's so much out there, but is there something that you think isn't currently being run that you think would be cool? Say, yeah, maybe. I think um, one thought I had actually was, uh, and again, I don't know if it's out there because it's not really as much of a match play thing rather than a narrative based thing, but some sort of escalation event I think would be quite cool. So like, you know, maybe you've got six or seven games over the weekend, but maybe like games one to two are a thousand points each. And then you've got 1500 points for game three, four, and then you've got 2000 points, 2000 points, and maybe you end on a 3000 or something, you know, um, it seems like more of a narrative thing than a match play. So but... it's interesting. Yeah. I, I know what you mean about the narrative section. Um, so Steve Foot and I were talking about this in our latest episode of ashes of the Imperium, the, the 40 K podcast that I do. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so chapter approved, the, <laughs> nice little plug there. Um, <laughs> chapter approved, the, the general's handbook of 40 K has got something called linked games in it. Okay, and yeah. it's, it's it's very much focused on narrative gaming, but it is su- suggesting that you run Kill Team, which is kind of I guess like like Warcry or Skirmish yeah, yeah. that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, so suggesting that you run a Kill Team game in the morning and then a forty k game in the afternoon and then an Apocalypse game on Sunday. So I'm a big fan of stuff like or that. Something so I play, like that. A lot of my other gaming is I played middle earth strategy battle games, my other thing, um, and a lot of their scenarios are written up that way so it's like oh you do you know helms deep is in three sections it's little skirmish at the gate this then this then this well that's that's um, perfect for it the kind of the skirmish at the gate informs something else and one of the other things that yeah. talk about is like is you run a kill team on like a, an orbital battle station and that has like a big laser yeah and exactly. you at the same so basically you're running simultaneous games so someone plays a full full scale game of 40k and you and you're the same opponent then so you play get turn one whatever of 40k and then, yeah. and then you stop you pause the game set up a game of kill team run a kill team scenario play that till the end and then in turn two whoever's won that kill team game then gets access to you know like a command ability type thing that allows you to do mortal like wounds yeah, I do love. I don't know why I'm not a narrative gamer, Dan. I mean, I'm just <laughs> converting to, you over. I know. I'm, that reminds, that Steve Foot's got me on commission. His Steve Foot is the one that got me back into 40k. If I'm honest, listening to that uh, his podcast on his um, Militarum, it's converted from <laughs> the Necromunda. The Necro is so good, isn't it? I, um, I love I've talking to him exact, about it. I've done that exact army. So, um, but anyway, we digress. I think yeah. So I used to. So I used to. I used to run events um, when I worked at the, um, the shop. Um, and I did something very similar to that, actually. It was for 40k. I did a lot more 40k stuff back then. But I ran, uh, there was like a huge like apocalypse game going on on the big tables. And I think we had, uh, must have had like four, six by fours together. So it's like a huge table, you know, thousands and thousands of points aside. And then on another table somewhere else, we had Space Hulk set up where you had like a boarding party come through on a dread claw. And they had to get to the terminal to then shut down like the beacons, which then directly impacted the apocalypse game so stuff like that i love i just 
I can't tear my way myself away. It's like an addiction. I think this high-end competitive AOS. It's like every event I go to, so I need, I need more points. I need more points, um, and I just can't, <laughs> I can't tear myself away from it. So I, I would love to do stuff like that. I really would. Um, but for me, I've only got, I've got a finite. You've got a set number. number how, how many weekends? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm super lucky as well. Like my missus works. Uh, she works at the hospital. She does loads of shift work. So. I'm lucky enough to just do the weekends I do as it is. I don't want to push it. So no, absolutely. Support on the home front is important. Right, that's it. She's super good with that. So, so that's all good. So looking back, what what would you say the your biggest lessons learned about running this event that you're going to take forward? So two things mainly: um, teamwork and organisation are the two things. Um, obviously, I'm on it, on it talking about this with you. Um, me and Dan both run this together, so there's just absolutely no way I could do it without him. And all of the support from the Bucks guys on the day and outside of that has just been invaluable. So having a network and having a team of people to run the event with is key. And secondly, you can never ever be too organised. I am by trade the most meticulous person. And you just see all my spreadsheets for behind the scenes. I um, just love a spreadsheet. So that's, I mean, that is the the reason for the, for the success. Really, I had the software running, so we used Tabletop.to, which was incredible, but had its problems. I also had a backup spreadsheet scoring system running at the same time, just in case, because I don't trust people or technology. Um, then I had all my allegiance stuff. And I think a load of prep on other bits and pieces. So like Dan George made the Bucks War Game website. Um, all of the list submissions were done through the website, which actually fed everything through into a super nicely formatted document for us to actually check through and, and upload onto the thing. So for me, organization is key. Um, and there's loads of things we're looking to improve on next year. So, you know, food was good, could be better. Bar surface was good, could be better. Um, we're not, we're definitely running the event in 2020. So dates to be confirmed, but the event will be no bigger. So same size player, but the quality will be better. So you will get more value for your, for your money. Definitely. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, they're my lessons. So now moving on to the, the final two questions, which we ask every guest on this uh, on this podcast. If, yeah. If you could protect one thing about AOS and never have it change, what would it be? And if you could only change one thing about AOS and the rest of the game would never change, what would that be? So the one thing I would protect will be the double turn. Yes. Uh, yes. I know it's I know it's controversial. I don't need I to change it. the podcast name. I love it. Um, I just really what like you're saying is you love the priority role, right? I love the priority role. I love and hate it. I'm like no, Gollum don't, don't with the ring. Don't say hate it. Don't say hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. Um, I, I really like it. Like I said to you before, I'm a, I'm a very reactive player. I always, always play the game as if I'm going to lose it. Um, unless I feel like I'm already out of the game, in which case, oh, what have I got to lose, right? But early games, I always play as if I'm going to lose the turn. So then when I get it, it's nice. And if I lose it, I'm, I'm fine with that. It punishes people that don't think ahead uh, which as a general on the table i quite like but yeah that's that's the one thing i would keep the one thing i would change in aos i really like where the game is at at the minute i find it quite hard to be negative about something i genuinely love not to say i'm going to be negative but i wish the ally system wasn't so abusive so you could do more things with it I know that's like super vague, but I know things are capped at 400 points because like certain armies can abuse certain things. But deep down, I just I like I do like building narrative armies and then making them competitive. 
so having some more flexibility there would be nice but i can see how that will just be open to so much abuse so yeah that's that's the only thing i can think of on that that side really awesome well thanks very much for joining us steve really appreciate you uh coming on to thanks. talk about bloodshed in the shires and, and tournament gaming and running a tournament in general um you've mentioned bugs wargaming collective a few times do you want to just give a quick shout out to that before we move on to Twitter yeah absolutely so yeah so uh bugs wargaming collective is the club that we've got based in high wickham in bucks um so if anyone's about we we meet up in in marlow marlow bottom um every wednesday there's no real charge for game nights at the minute so more the merrier if you guys are local to the area want to get in touch you can um we're on twitter so it's bucks wargame collective so it's just at bucks wargame uh we've got a website and stuff as well so yeah get in touch if you if you guys are ever about you want to come come game and meet the guys we're, we're a new club have been around the year but uh are, are growing quite aggressively and uh and at events in force i'm sure you'll see us on the tabletop i still plan on coming down someone's one's some wednesday night at some point in the future Oh, that'd be awesome, mate. More than welcome. And then you mentioned Twitter for Bucks. What about Twitter for yourself? If people want to find you on Twitter and give you some abuse for something you said on this podcast, where can they find you? Oh, please do. Uh, yeah, so I'm at Fireborn Minis. Um, it's my profile picture. It's me as a vampire because I am on the Death Lord. Um, so yeah, hit me up on Twitter if you've got any questions. Uh, more than happy to discuss packs. Um, I've had quite a lot of people sort of get in contact about running events themselves as well. So I'm I'm super super open with everything I do. Um, stands the same. So if you guys are out there thinking about running your own event, want some advice, just want to bounce ideas, or just want me to yell obscenities, just uh, yeah, get in touch. I'll be happy to chat through that. Awesome. And then lastly, I guess the only thing we've got to say, apart from thank you for joining us, Steve, is, is Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. Dan, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Um, and I'll catch up with you soon, I'm sure. No worries. Cheers. Take care. Cheers, Dan. Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve. Or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority World.